Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Before you listen to the podcast, I want to tell you about one of my favorite things in the world, the lit teacher training. Creating this comprehensive teacher training really felt like my life's work compilation, and I hold nothing back. My mission is for everyone to know and understand the whole body, functional movement, and the how and why behind the movement choices we make to feel empowered, transforming your own lives, and sharing that knowledge with others. In the Lit Teacher Training, we investigate the poses and transitions, the energy flow through this vessel of our body, and work to move through space with increased precision and fluidity to create more joy and fun. So ask yourself, are you enjoying the life you're living in your body? If you're not fully, there's no better time than now to create new pathways and new opportunities. And with that fresh palette, attempt to emphasize growth and connection rather than accomplishment. Learning how to give people feedback in their bodies so that they retrain their own neural pathways and habitual movement patterns is truly a gift, and you will get that in this training. With both our self-guided and in-real-time virtual experience, the 10-week training is rich in functional anatomy from my background as a physical therapist, methodology, and yogic philosophy through a modern-day lens. Like the hundred of others around the world, you will complete the training with new skills, sound knowledge, and confidence to teach others. And you have access to the training for life. Finally, our Lit Teacher community is vibrant and supportive, and being a part of it is like having all your friends with who you speak the same language with the same passion. So join this experience for reverence of the body as the container of the divine to change your life. Go to LitYogaTraining.com. And I can't wait for you to join our community. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. Woo! Joined Woo! by my fearless, amazing co-host, physical therapist, lit teacher extraordinaire, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. So hey, glad hey. to be here. Let's go ahead and hit the ground running because we got some good questions today. Um, our first question is here from our friend, Fabi, fellow lit instructor. And she sent us a uh, clip that was posted on Instagram. And I'll tell you really quickly what this clip is saying. Um, and this is from Connor Harris, 
through Pinnacle Performance Gym. It says, when I hear that squeezing your glutes will help them grow or activate more, it hold up is what he says. So he goes on to say, one of the biggest myths in, in the fitness industry is that more sensation equals more and better activation of the muscles. So uh, what you should feel after Taco Bell and not every hip dominant exercise. So the problem with actively squeezing your glutes throughout an exercise is that you are going to keep them in a shortened position throughout the entire movement. This is what Connor Harris has said. Take a hip thrust, for example. The bottom position of the hip thrust is one of hip internal rotation where the back of the pelvis opens up and the glutes stretch. The push shortens the glutes as they close off the back of the pelvis and create hip extension and external rotation. This stretch to contract is a huge driver of mechanical tension and muscle damage needed for hypertrophy because the glutes wrap around the pelvis and attach on the femur opening the outlet is uh, the, for the stretch is key. This applies to many different exercises such as squats, deadlifts, and even more basic glute bridges. So what he's saying is muscles should activate and contract because they are moving to create uh, a necessary joint position. Keeping the muscle in a shortened position will not only throw off the mechanics of the joint, but limit your gains around it. So then he's going to say that's why you shouldn't keep a band around your uh, legs while you're going it, like holding it there while doing bridges. You shouldn't be doing the sidestepping, keeping that tension because you want, you're keeping the muscles in a shortened position. So what Fabi wants to know is what are your and Lara's thoughts about this? Maybe interesting for a Wednesday talk. I still think that people, I still think that because a lot of people have such weak glutes that activation is key, but as with the belly, a constant activation may not be optimal. Much love from Switzerland. That was a mouthful. Mm -hmm. Do you want to yeah. take that one and get started with it? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of truth in what he said, you mm -hmm. know, and it's just like, it's not black and white. So that's the first thing I would say. I would never recommend somebody squeeze their glutes all the time. And I try and even not use the word squeeze because to me that is like clench. That's like, uh, you know, that position kind of external rotating your femurs and kind of clenching in like you need to poop or something. So to me, squeezing is not what we're trying to do. We're trying to activate them in the various ranges, in the various um, ways that they need to be activated, which is, to his point, both concentric, where the muscle, uh, two parts of the joints are coming together and the muscle belly is shortening, and then when it's coming apart, eccentrically. So I don't totally agree with you go internal and external. I think what you do is you create torque, which creates the action of external rotation without actually creating external rotation. So you're activating the glutes. So from like a squat position, parallel squat, and you come up, you can kind of drive your feet down and dial them out, but you don't actually create external rotation. What you're doing is creating the action into the fibers that um, that because the glute max extends and externally rotates and stabilizes the pelvis. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you need to use all of our. That's like saying, would I just hold my my elbow bent to work my bicep? No, that's one way, but that's not all the ways. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't use resistance to create more connection, more motor unit firing, because when the motor units summon and come together to fire, we, that's what we want. And that's part of the problem when we're sitting so much of our day in this very sedentary modern lifestyle, which none of us can help to, unless you're like actively moving all the day, most of us have to do some work at a desk or on the computer. And when you sit, your glutes are 
They have no inspiration. So I wouldn't clench them there because they don't need to be clenched. They're supported. However, the problem is they get used to not doing anything. And when you stand up, there's a lot of other ways to compensate for movement. You can use your low back. You can use the pelvic pelvis swinging. So I, I personally don't use bands, but I think they're amazing. They're amazing for, it's like super soaking the motor units to really fire and understand that. So it's just, we use tactile cues. We use our hands. We use gravitational forces. We use different levers to, they're doing the same thing the bands are, which is adding some kind of load to the area that requires the muscles to fire. And if your muscles aren't kind of habitually learning to fire well, you you have to do different exercises to kind of get them um, up to speed. So while I agree with a lot of what he says, um, I wouldn't say that, you know, I don't think any good movement educator is going to tell you to clench or squeeze your glutes all the time. They're going to really tell you how to activate them, how to load them. Like when you're in a squat, you're using your glutes. They are eccentrically uh, contracting to stabilize the femur coming back. And then that also is like we talked about the bow and arrow that sets them up for good extension. So you need that, but you could use it with a band to really get into, like if the glutes are just still like a couple seconds behind, you know, there's a lot going into it. There's motor firing. There's motor firing when is appropriate. There's summoning enough motor units to fire quickly, which is called power. So there, then there's endurance and all that. So there's there's different ways to get the glutes working and we want them to ultimately work in a, like, well, we don't have to think about it. Our brain is, body connection is there, but for a lot of people, it's not. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I, I think what is missing in this little diatribe of his is the, is the um, function of endurance and of neuromuscular reeducation. I agree with you completely, Alara. I mean, when you're talking about using a band that gives you something to push into, that helps you feel the activation of the muscle. So for somebody who is in a rehabilitative phase or just somebody who has snoozy glutes, they might need that in the early stages of rehab. So to say don't do it is silly. I agree with him. The glutes are meant to stretch, you know, to fire through. They're, they're meant to extend and externally rotate the hips. They're, they are meant to move through a range of motion. They are not purposely meant to just hold you, but they are needed for that purpose. You know, they are needed for stability where in fact you are. Think about when we're in an airplane, when we're, this is, you know, and we're holding that airplane. Why does it burn? Because we're holding an isometric contraction against the resistance of gravity, which is just like a band would be. And it burns like the Dickens. And you, that is good. That's stability. That's endurance. So to say don't do it, and I don't know that he's saying that. I think that he's trying to get rid of the, the term feel the burn. Like you don't necessarily have to go for the burn. With that being said, a lot of times, again, and I'm hearkening back to a rehabilitative thought, we want to exercise to fatigue in order to build neuromuscular strength and strength in and of itself. And so, you know, just exercising with the one rep max or whatever, you know, 
there's different principles involved here. So I do think there are places for bands. I do think there's a great place for, you know, doing those sides, that, that, that sidestepping, that um, lateral walk with the tension on because you are really firing up those glutes and saying, hey, dudes, this is what you're supposed to do. Not all the time, though, but a lot of people who we're using them for are shut down and have forgotten how to activate those. So it is just one method of building endurance, you know, reconnecting the brain by way of an external force. But yeah, I never tell somebody squeeze the glutes. Now, I will say when you bend over, contract the glutes and the hamstrings to lift yourself up. But it's not this squeeze the glutes, like you said, like you're pinching it. The only time I said that is for my my daughter when she was flying and she needed to be as solid and as straight. She's, you know, 10 feet in the air on standing on someone's hand. You bet your bottom dollar I'm having her squeeze her bottom like she's holding a dollar between her cheeks because that is just going to keep her super stable. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, that's that's something to think about, that squeezing for stability. So um, I do agree with a lot of what he's saying in certain ways but i i I agree with you laura we can't just say no to that all around no because like even yesterday i had a private with an athlete okay so we're not even talking rehab we're just talking somebody who wants to improve performance who does have some clump complaints of things down in the plantar fascia area well guess what anterior tilt is present glutes are not coming on so for somebody like this i like she she needs to get that soaked soaked because that's when she's going to be putting a lot of demand and a lot of load and her those motor units better be summoned quickly and so they almost have like to get like saturated information so that that can translate into better performance and function and ultimately um you know, avoiding injury. So it, it's, um, yeah, it's, there's always gray areas, but, you know, sometimes in Instagram posts that doesn't work as well. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. No, it's not the the, the clickbait. Yeah. People, people yeah. don't want to read that long. So right. we're, yeah. we're so thankful for you all for listening, you know, to take the yeah. time to listen. Here. So yeah. let's go on to our next question here. This one was sent um, into our support at lityoga.com from Alyssa Silva, who said, um, Hi, I saw your article. Do you think Bikram, I don't know what article she's talking about, but she says, do you think Bikram is good to do when I have a long thoracic nerve palsy? I had it many, many, many years ago, and it seems like it just acted up again. And so for many people who don't know what a long thoracic nerve palsy, you you have this long nerve that kind of comes down, you know, through um, the axle, the armpit, and, and it innervates the the area of the serratus anterior, which is um, a big stabilizer, and and that chest wall, including the serratus anterior. So it's a big stabilizer of your shoulder girdle. Um, And so, you know, it's interesting. She's acting, she's asking, should I do Bikram if I have this? And, you know, I don't practice Bikram. I have practiced Bikram, and I certainly have my opinion thereof. Um, but when we're talking with someone and it's, you know, it sounds like she's had this and it kind of comes and goes, which is interesting in and of itself. Like, why is it coming and going? You would kind of wonder, where is the impingement? Uh, you know, where are you having that impingement, Alyssa? You know, I think the biggest thing, would, 
If you ask me, do I think Bikram is causing it? I would say no. Do I think Bikram is going to help it? I would say no. <laughs> you know, simply because when we're dealing with any type of shoulder girdle anything, a lot of traditional yoga, including Bikram, tends to be very sinky into the shoulders and tends to, let's be honest, maybe stretch on that 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 long thoracic nerve and even compress in areas when we're really you know scrunching up in the shoulders that could certainly aggravate but um certainly is not going to help the situation so uh you know therein lies the question of what is the worth of what you're doing and so you know i always Whenever I'm doing something, I just want to ask myself, ask myself, like, why am I doing this or what could I be doing better? And so for someone like you who struggles with a nerve-related palsy from, you didn't say what it was caused from. Is it coming from the neck? Is it coming from the thoracic outlet? Is it a stretch injury at your, at your arm? This has been going on for, for years. We don't know. I would really look at ways that you can better open up the space around where that nerve travels that you can better stabilize around the uh, serratus, around that, you know, anterolateral chest wall. Um, and I don't think that Bikram in traditional yoga is the way to do that. Um, of course, you know me, I'm a, I'm a lit person. So I think a lot of what we do, we focus so in so many classes on the serratus that, you know, yours might be struggling, but I've really found that, you know, focusing on the shoulder girdle and just getting that connection we see a lot of people who present as if they have a a palsy or a, a winging scapula so that's the most common thing we'll see with a long thoracic nerve is the scapular wings oh my gosh what's going on is it truly because there's impingement or are you just not very tapped in to that shoulder girdle so there's a lot of things that we do in lit where we're really anchoring into the scapula not the shoulder, not the elbow, not the wrist, not the hand, the scapula as part of our core um, that I do think can help a lot. Laura, what else do you have to add about that? Uh, everything you said, I totally echo. And I would just say, you know, um, the reason why Bikram isn't, I, I agree with you. I don't think any form of yoga is going to cause an injury, but it certainly can exacerbate it or it certainly can't, uh, isn't contributing to it, you know, improving. And Bikram, my I mean, I have a lot of like not wonderful opinions about it, but the big one is you're not on your hands very much at all. You're not bearing weight through your hands. You're not really um, working that very important, like you were talking about, scapula stability, and you're going to get that in spades when you get weight bearing through your hands. So um, when you're doing some of these moves, whether it's Bikram or any other class, and you're pushing into the ribs a lot, moving your ribs in wet to, to move your arms and get into like some binds or big arm movements, um, you're not getting stronger. You're, you're getting possibly more imbalanced. So yeah, I would definitely get weight bearing, weight bearing, weight bearing and stretch out the chest wall. But because your pec minor might be restricted and that can pull the scapula forward and then that that palsy effect again it might be palsy it might be weakness it might be both but it's like the thing you have to do is create strength by far yeah yeah absolutely so good luck good what luck is yeah um all right we got another um question that was sent to our 
our Instagram. Laura, do you want me to read those or are you going to read those? The the one from Jenny Curtis? Yeah, you can read it. I got it pulled up. I might as well. All right. So she asks an explanation of what it means to eat a whole food diet. I think a lot of people don't understand what that means and why it makes a difference in your body. If you are looking to, um, she has a recommendation of someone that she uses, Dr. Ted Barnett, who's local to her, um, but is very active in the plant-based healthcare community. Um, so what do you have to say about that? Well, I've met Ted Barnett, wonderful human and very, very intelligent. Um, so whole food plant-based is just imagine closest to its form in nature. That's what whole foods are. So if you pick a carrot right out of the ground and, you know, eat it, whether you wash it or not, at first that you're eating a whole food plant. Now, you can't, it's really hard to do that all the time, but there are people who do. All right. So then you could take, you know, a grain and pull it out of the ground. And then it goes through a process where maybe the hull is removed to so some of the fiber and the um, endosperm of the the, uh, the outer layer um, is removed. And so you have that's a little bit processed, but it's still pretty good. Right. And then there's all, you know, derivations from there. Then you just really process the crap out of it and put it in a box that could sit on a shelf for a while. And that's going to be very far away from its wholest form. So you just take like literally, you imagine it as it comes out of the ground or off the vine or whatever it is. And as close to that is how you eat it. And so when people are talking about whole foods, so like last night, I happened to make a pretty whole foods plant-based meal. Um, I had quinoa, which is literally, you know, it's it hasn't been refined. It's been taken. And um, and then I added, now I cooked it, which you need to do because there's off, you know, there's there's enzymes we need to get rid of, but that still is considered whole plant. It's not raw. So it's whole, it's a whole food. And then I added um, mint. I added dried apricots. I added oranges. I added onion and then some some dressing for that. And it it's delicious. It's it's like quinoa for people that don't know is one of um, many whole like it has a complete amino acid profile. So it's considered a complete protein. So, you know, you're getting your complete protein with that. It's also in the form of a grain. And then I added some fruit and some raw red onion, like mince, so, but it's, you know, everybody's around each other here. And then I just added uh, some dressing to that. And that's an example of a really uh, whole food plant diet. Now, if I were tonight in a hurry and I pull a box out and it's spaghetti and then I add tomato sauce and then I add, you know, some veggies in there, that's pretty good, right? I'm going to add some veggies close to their form. The tomato sauce has been, you got to look at the label, like how much has it been processed in terms of like, are there things in there you don't recognize? You know, some of those potassium chlor chloride type things. Like if it's tomatoes and it's got, you know, some herbs in there, th then you know you're doing pretty well, even though it's um, packaged in a glass jar. It's pretty, I would say that would qualify. And then the pasta is going to be something that has been refined because it has to be to be made into these different ways. Um, so that would be an example of doing pretty good, right? What, you know, what's not great is if everything's coming out of a box and it's not recognizable, <laughs> you know, so... That, that would be the big thing I'd say. It's the, um, 
for plant, whole plant or whole foods diet, you just, it takes a little more effort because there's usually going to be more prep because it isn't been put in a package and other things have been added to kind of make it whatever it is. And um, you just, I think, do the best you can. If you can eat um, a whole foods diet a lot of the time, that's really wonderful. The reason why is because all the nutrition remains for the most part. Through some of the cooking processes, um, it will some of those um, enzymes will be killed, but your phytonutrients will remain, your vitamins are there. And that once you start processing stuff, you lose a lot of that. That's why they add stuff back in. You know, they're like, this is like, this is a cereal that's been enriched or because they that means in the process, a lot of those nutrient nu, um, nutrients were um, kind of cooked off. And so they can add them back in. So that's not you're not getting it from the source. When you get things right from the source, it's like it's like we were talking about the glutes. It's like being soaked with nutrients. It's like your body, um, your body's really smart. It can assimilate all kinds of things, and even if it's not as recognizable, but the things that are really recognizable are things in their whole form. And so your the nutrients are are amazing. I, I even I did raw diet briefly because I was taking a cooking class, haha, cooking class, but you know, being a becoming a um a natural food chef. And I did it for like two weeks. And I have to say, like my energy was off the charts. I I could not be raw vegan um, in the Northeast. I think it's a lot easier in certain areas of the world. But I will tell you, the energy I had was unbelievable because I'm just getting like packed with nutrients. You know, the antioxidants, the phytonutrients, the vitamins and minerals, it's just coming in in its full form. And it I'm, I'm, I was, I was like, I wasn't even needing much sleep. It was crazy. So there is really something to it for your health, but we also have to be kind of like realistic in, in daily life that might not always, you know, work. So do the best you can. I literally have only two things to say. And that yeah. is when I come over for a meal, like ASAP, because that sounds so good. I know. I know. My <laughs> Mark is like, this is amazing, honey, because it's been a while since I made a home cook. Homemade well, meal. Because you've but... got other little chefs in there. You've got I, your know, daughter, I know. Your I got my daughter. I know. Daughter. Oh my gosh. No, and yeah. the last thing is just like there's the mic drop right there because I think yeah. that was the perfect answer. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. So, you know, yeah. I think we love and I let me just big caveat. I am a natural food chef, but I am not a, a nutritionist. I have gone to a lot of um lectures. That's how I how I met um Ted Barnett is at many of the same kind of functions where we all would gather. But um I just think, you know, do the best you can. Look, with anything with Whole Foods, you gotta you just gotta prepare. So make yeah. a kind of menu out, and um, I always like double up, double grains especially, like because then it can, you know, that can you don't have Thank to worry you. about that, and that can and then you can add um, all the other stuff in that's more fresh, the day of. So all thank right. you for your questions, everybody. Uh, until next week, uh, you know you can always write us with questions. You can DM me or KB on Instagram. I am Laura.Hyman, and Kristen is KBWilliams99. You can also write us at support at lityoga.com, or you can do what these uh, folks did. They also sent um, a message to the Lit uh, Yoga Method um, Instagram. Instagram. They will get forwarded to us as well. So, Or the, our podcast. I think this one actually came on our Redefining Yoga podcast Instagram as a DM. 
So we've got all sorts of options of how you can reach us and they will be sent our way. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, As always, please rate and review us and we'll keep the good stuff coming. Yes, and you know it, we're pulling for you. 